0: Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is John Tevis, who is Vice President of U.S. Sales for Pulpo Media. Today we will discuss communicating effectively with Hispanics online. John manages sales to major U.S. agencies and accounts. Prior to working at Pulpo Media, he worked with the sales teams at Tribal Fusion, SpotRunner, Place Cast and Stack Media. John began his advertising sales career at the Washington Post Company, where he managed the company's global, international, and recruitment jobs advertising divisions. Prior to entering a career in advertising, John worked in international affairs, trade, and investment primarily focused on the Asia-Pacific market for the U.S. Asian Business Council, the U.S. Philippine Business Committee, and the Chief Executives Organization. John earned his B.A. in Political Science from Stanford University and a Master's in International Affairs from the Johns Hopkins University School of Advanced International Studies in Washington, D.C., He and his wife, Olivia, reside in Newport Beach, California. John, welcome.
1: Good morning. Thank you, Elena.
0: Good to have you.
1: Great to be here.
0: When we talk about the Hispanic market, we're really talking about a very large market, 50 million souls and counting. But we know, of course, that that market itself is segmented into different subgroups by whatever segmenting methodology you want to use, whether it's geographic location, level of acculturation, technological preference, and so forth. What can you tell us about the segment of Hispanics that is present online?
1: Well, that's a, that's a great question, Elena. It's sort of a million-dollar question these days. You know, the, the, the challenge when you're looking at the Hispanic market uh, in the United States, is that uh, there's there's no one size fits all to define the market. You you have differences, uh, as you noted, in acculturation, in regionality, in income, in ethnicity, um, as well as in uh, you know different uh, social descriptions of the group. So from a marketing standpoint, we have to be very very careful not to bucket the Hispanic audience into into one group, you know, say, you know, Mexican-American or to make assumptions that Hispanics live in California you know, where I live, uh, which is, you know, Hispanics are roughly 50 percent of the population or Texas where I used to live or where you live in, in Florida. We, we have to take a holistic look at the at the group in, in similar ways to what we've been doing in the, in the general market. So, you know, it's very, very important to to take a step back and to use data and to use intelligence and to use statistics um, from multiple sources to to make sure that we're first understanding the audience and then putting together, you know, marketing plans that are authentic in, in, in their way of reaching and engaging with the audience.
0: In what way... If any, would you say that Hispanic consumers are different from other consumers in the online space?
1: Yeah well, well specific to online and, and and you know I didn't fully answer your question before as far as online um, you know as far as online yes the Hispanic audience uh, over indexes the general market as, as far as their use of online media and online and digital devices and we can get more in depth into that. It's it's a fascinating trend and one of the most important trends in multicultural marketing is the importance of online. But one of the key differences, uh, when you look at acculturation um, from the first generation to the second generation, one of of the key um, levelers or equal opportunity providers is technology. When you look at the second generation and how they are assimilating into culture, uh, the use of technology, let's say smartphones, allows them to rapidly uh, assimilate and uh, achieve their goals in in society. And and you're seeing much higher adoption rates of the usage of mobile uh, technology, tablets, et cetera, in the Hispanic space than you are in the general market. And and thus the, uh, the keen interest among marketers in using mobile as one of the key elements of their media mix,
0: John. Just to make sure that I understood, did, did you say that Hispanics are over-indexing in their use of online and mobile technologies, both?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, to put some statistics as far as uh, smartphone usage um, in, in the United States, you know, Hispanic consumers are, are much more likely to own a smartphone or a, a tablet than the general market. Um, you know, according to the IAB, um, you know, about, uh, you know, 46, 47 percent of uh, Hispanics are using, uh, you know, wireless laptops versus, you know, 45 percent among the general market. When you start looking at smartphones, uh, Android devices, for example, 34 percent of Hispanics are using Android devices versus 26 percent of uh, general market adults. So, you know, it, it's it's really becoming increasingly apparent that if we, if we don't utilize a mobile as part of our marketing strategy, we're missing a large chunk of, particularly millennials and younger Hispanics and the increasingly online Hispanics.
0: Other than their high percentage rates of use Of these technologies, are there differences in the way that they use the technologies, in the websites that they visit, in the social media that they are active in?
1: Yeah, one of the taking a step back, and I think it's worth noting that if if you take a step back and and you look at, you know, Hispanic. Demographic and, and marketing trends. One of the key differentiators, back to your initial question, uh, between Hispanics and the general market is um, how they how they use technology to communicate amongst each other and amongst their family and friends. And one of the, the key statistics um, is the interconnectedness of the Hispanic families. If, if you look at the, the the one of the key differences between the, the traditional American values and American population and the Hispanic population uh, in the United States. It's that interconnectedness, interdependentness of the Hispanic uh, population that makes it different. Um, Simmons put out some research uh, back in 2007. They continue to do research in this area and they talked about the, uh, the the key Hispanic marketing tipping point segments. Um, And they compared the, the general market, of the U.S. population, the, the second-generation Hispanic population, which is that, that Internet-savvy um, population, and then the Gen 1 Hispanic population, which is the parents who are pr- primarily Spanish-dominant. And, and the two key areas where the Generation 2 over-indexed was as salesmen and connectors. They specifically persuade others to try new things, and they have an extensive network of friends. So from a marketing standpoint, if you want to reach one group of the Hispanic population um, to get the most ROI or the most uh, you know, responsiveness to your brand, it's that second-generation population of Hispanics who, when you look at their media consumption, unlike their parents, they're using tablets and PCs and smartphones and social media, whereas their parents, the Gen 1, or the the traditional TV consumers and the radio and the print, um, you know, really key distinction from a marketing standpoint.
0: What are they doing online, John? Any insights that you can share with us? Are they, for example, consuming their media online exclusively?
1: Uh, increasingly, it, it, it's becoming the, the norm for the second generation. We call that second generation the I Hispanic here at pulpo Media. Um, it, it's roughly 30 million of the 50 million um, are, are the Hispanic population who are online. And what they're doing is that they are not unlike the general market, they're using the web to learn about new brands and products. They're using uh, technology and the Internet to learn about brand features and benefits. Um, They're comparing prices. Um, One distinction between the general population and, and this group is that they're primarily using the Internet and technology to research products and features and benefits so that they can make offline purchases. So they're still not as as uh, sort of savvy at using the internet to actually make purchases, but they're certainly using the internet to research. Um, a couple other statistics about this group: um, they're more sophisticated technology users than the general market. They are early tech adapters. They they are heavily heavily mobile, as I noted earlier. They're gamers, and they are really big influencers of offline. Hispanics, and that's a, another distinction. If you if you look at the the online Hispanic, um, they influence their friends and their colleagues who are also online. But they also go home and they influence their parents. You know, they're they're on online learning about uh, new smartphones, and they'll go home and say, Hey, you know, mom and dad, uh, I learned about the new uh, you know Galaxy phone. You know, we, we got to get one, or you got to get one.
0: What about language? One of my prior podcast guests commented that what they had found at her company, which is a retail company, was Mm -hmm. that many of the visitors who landed on their Spanish language website were actually from outside the United States. The, The Hispanics in the United States preferred English language content, that they found it more trustworthy and felt more comfortable with it. What have you found?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a, a really, really key, uh, you know, statistic. And, uh, you know, we here at Pulpo Media, we, we, we sort of built our company around, um, you know, understanding, you know, Hispanics across all levels of acculturation. We've done a lot of research in this area. And yes, you're correct that, that increasingly this, uh, the second, third generation group of Hispanics are consuming you know, much more English language content. Um, you're, you're correct in that. Um, you know, perhaps it's a trust factor or perhaps it's more of a factor that there is, is more English language content that relates to their interest level. Um, nevertheless, um, you know, it's important for marketers to realize this, that the day of marketing to a Hispanic Uh, group on Spanish language content is is probably a a misguided principle. You're you're going to only reach a third or less of the Hispanic marketplace if you do that. So um, from from the standpoint of language, though, I I think it's important to note that you have to communicate authentically um, to that group. And what I mean by that is if you're going to run an ad on English content, um, make sure that that ad is is relevant to the the ethnic group. Um, you, you see brands like uh, McDonald's and, and Procter Gamble and Gamble and Kellogg's and AT and T and others that that are doing this very effectively. They're they're using uh, uh, Hispanic uh, or, or Latino actors and, and actresses in their segments. They're they're using winks or a few key words in Spanish, um, you know, so that they're not overly, you know, scaring the the Hispanic group away, but they're they're communicating in authentic ways to the audience. And what they're going to see as a result um, is more engagement and better ROI as a result.
0: If Hispanics are consuming media online in similar ways to the mainstream, just in greater quantities, still in an English language format. Should there be special efforts to target these consumers? And if so, how can they be distinguished from the general market?
1: Yeah, that's a great great question, Elena. Um, The the short answer would be yes. we and others have done extensive research, as I noted before, that if, if you market to these um, increasingly bilingual or English preferred Hispanics in authentic ways, you're going to see better ROI. So so that that is really incumbent on the marketer to do a better job with their creative. It's a creative challenge, but it's also a targeting challenge. Um, we did a lot of work in the, uh, the presidential uh, campaign, the past presidential campaign, particularly in Florida, and, and learned a lot about the importance of, of marketing authentically to hispanics in in the florida market and doing it and segmenting it based on whether these were cuban americans uh, or or people from different uh, central american or south american countries that the way you market in florida would be very different from the way you market to a mexican american in california so you have to take in uh you know country of origin um content that's important to those groups is going to differ um significantly so you know that the creative, uh, the content, and the targeting are the three areas that are important to factor in to marketing decisions to this uh, bilingual and increasingly uh, English dominant segment. Those are those are different from the general market.
0: Would you give us some examples? In what way would those segments be different? When you're reaching out to them, if you're reaching, say, for example, if you're online, you're you're at a national level. How would you segment your content geographically? Wouldn't everybody be reaching the same website or the same mobile website, mobile-enabled website? How would you change the creative, etc., if if you're dealing with an online audience?
1: Yeah, on a, on a national level, um, you're correct. Uh, I was speaking to a, uh, you know, a local or regional level in the case of Florida. On a national level, what you're seeing uh, marketers do is really focus on relevant content. Um, the, the content has to speak to the Hispanic audience. So you're seeing, uh, you know, I saw a, a telecommunications uh, company ad recently where they had uh, Latinas sitting in a living room, watching TV, um, you know, talking about the, the, the great service they were getting from the provider and, you know, the, 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 the importance of customer choices, et cetera. Clearly this ad was skewed towards a Hispanic audience and clearly, this ad was running in a Southern California uh, marketplace that was skewed to that audience. Um, I, I've seen a similar ad uh, to this run in other markets with with different um, characters and different uh, aspects to the ad. So this this brand marketer is clearly making distinctions. They have one national ad, but they're swapping out um, you know relevant elements of this ad based on regionality. So what what marketers could do is that they, they could have important elements uh, you know and, and, and emotional touch points tied to the the Mexican American population in California that would be markedly different to the, the population uh, which is you know overly uh, you know Cuban in South Florida. You could have the same national spot, but you could swap out different elements. We call this dynamic messaging or dynamic marketing. Um, online technology has enabled us to do this in real time. Um, you know, to, to get a little more technical, I mean, you could have one spot from a national standpoint that would swap out um, different elements in real time, depending on whether the audience is coming from a certain market. Um, and this is all tied back to, you know, the, the user coming from a certain I, you know, IP address in a certain market.
0: So if you're loading the content, accessing the content in California, then the ad that's going to pop up is going to be specific to that geographic Correct. region.
1: Correct. You know, to, to take it a bit further, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, uh, fast food restaurants are doing this where they can even, you know, swap out different messages based on time of day. So you could deliver, you know, an ad in Spanish featuring a lunch menu to a user, a unique user in Southern California. And then that similar ad in in English to a user in Cleveland, Ohio, um, in the afternoon offering a dinner menu. Um, the, the advantage to the, marketer and to the agency is you can really use one, you know, creative element, but then swap out, you know, different features, you know, language and offering and have, you know, scale and huge savings, um, as far as, you know, the number of ad treatments that you have to create. This has all changed over the last, you know, five to 10 years. I mean, it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, how the, how the use of technology has, enabled marketers to be smarter more targeted and more cost effective
0: how if at all would ads that appear on mobile devices I can't even say phones anymore because there's so yeah. many devices be different from ads that would appear on a general website
1: yeah you know that's a great question and and this is changing I mean I if, if we had, had this this conversation six months ago. I'd answer it one way, and we're having it now, and, and it's, it's amazing um, how technology is changing, and, and a lot of this is because the devices are becoming more user-friendly and, and uh, you know, better in their ability to offer ads, um, but you know we're doing a lot of what's called mobile web, which is taking the display banner ad experience and translating that over to the, the mobile device. So um, that's a very similar experience because Hispanics are using their smartphones and tablets to surf the web increasingly. Um, we can offer those banner ads on the same pages. One of the criticisms or challenges is that the ad is, is a little bit smaller than what you'd get on the desktop. And and what we're finding is new technologies that allow push down ads or larger ads to appear on the page. So that's one example is larger ads that will push content down and, and enable a marketer to um, get more share voice and more um, engagement with the audience. And um, we're also seeing video it is becoming increasingly important on on mobile devices, we're, we're seeing a higher engagement rate of mobile video than we are in display video. So increasingly, uh, audiences are using their smartphones and tablets to to look at videos. Um, you know, YouTube is, uh, you know, you know, obviously here to stay and, and ever important in uh, streaming video. And audiences are using their smartphones and tablets to. To view these videos in ever more increasing numbers. So, um, you know, the technology is, is becoming better. And I, I think, uh, you know, if I were to venture a guess, the next five to 10 years, you're going to see, you know, more and more people carrying these handheld devices to do everything. Um, as far as their content consumption, and you're going to see the, 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 the PC and the laptop becoming less important and popular. In the marketing spectrum.
0: Where, where are the lines that divide the editorial from the ads being drawn? It seems increasingly just in general, not even specific to the Hispanic market, that those lines are getting blurrier and blurrier. What, what are you seeing in that space?
1: Yeah, that, that's an interesting, you know, academic uh, question. Also, I, I used to work at the Washington Post, and uh, we prided ourselves on having a firewall between editorial and, and advertising. I used to push that firewall a little bit because I managed international ad sales, and we used to do what we called advertorials, and these were um, advertisements, but they were and they were clearly tagged as advertisements, um, but they were high quality. And how they were written, how they were they were produced, and there was always some nervousness from the editorial staff that we were blurring the lines, you know, that the that the reader would be might be confused about this ad. But the Post, uh, you know, was then and still now does maintain a, a very strict separation between those two. But you're right, um, if you're looking at content nowadays, um, you know, it may sometimes be tough to uh, draw a distinction between the, the ad and the content. And what, what makes that even more confusing is the fact that, that anyone and everyone can be a content producer these days. I was just down at the Hispanicized Conference in Miami uh, a few days ago, and uh, a lot of the attendees were bloggers. And the proliferation of bloggers in, in the, the media space is amazing. I mean you have people who have have grown giant followings uh on being experts in fashion and lifestyle uh, or music and they're developing content and and that content sometimes gets integrated with marketing messages and it's really at the end of the day it's incumbent on the user to to be able to you know make distinctions Between these, these, uh, these, whether these are marketing messages or not, but but in the same vein, it's important that uh, you know content producers you know maintain some sort of of rules um, of differentiation to make sure that that their users um, understand the difference and are able to you know make this distinction clearly. Otherwise, um, you know they may they may lose followers. If the followers get you know upset or frustrated that they're confused.
0: Do you have any kind of a handle on where this thirty million large Hispanic market online is going? What are hmm. the main landing pages? What are yeah. the main channels?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I I have somewhat of a handle on it because that's the the, the business. We're in, and and I'll and I'll tell you um, the answer is is confusing. Um, You know, the problem is is really the fact that media consumption is so fragmented. Um, You know, I'd almost ask that question to you or or to myself. You know, in in a given day, you know, how many websites do I go to? You know, I may wake up in the morning and check a weather site and then I go to my news site and then in the afternoon I go to my sports site. And then in the evening I'm going to, you know, various lifestyle sites and I might visit a dozen or more sort of core affinity sites in a given day. Um, that, that's not different in the Hispanic space. You know, media consumption is is becoming even more fragmented because of the advent of, um, you know, the blog space. And the uh, sort of the siloed, you know, media space. You know, we at Pulpo Media see, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of websites that are getting loyal traffic from from U.S. Hispanic IP addresses um, in Spanish language and in English language. So while. You know, sites like Google as a portal or AOL are important gateways or ESPN in sports. I mean, you, you could name, you know, a top one or two in each vertical. The reality is that if you if you looked at the data of the, the reach of those portals, they're, they're reaching a small fraction of the total Hispanic audience. So where's the 80 to 90 percent of Hispanics? Uh, where are they going? Well, they're going to thousands and thousands of diverse sources. So that makes it difficult for a marketer to get a universal view of the audience and then make their marketing um, relevant and actionable when you've got all this fragmentation.
0: One expert that I spoke with pointed out that what was important when you were reaching out to a particular market segment wasn't necessarily that you go to whatever channels had the highest percentage of traffic, that what was important was that you go to the channels that were reaching your specific audience mm-hmm. and it could be something that was small and that you had never heard of, but mm-hmm. that it was being very effective in this outreach. Would, would you agree with that?
1: I I, I agree um, in part. Um, yes, I think what we're speaking about there is, is the word engagement. And that, that's the, you know, one of the key words in, in marketing, um, is the engagement, the, the stickiness, if I may say, of the content. Meaning that if you can find content that is valuable to the user where they spend a lot of time on site, and uh, then, then if you associate your brand with that type, of content, you have a higher likelihood of building a brand relationship. The challenge with that is then how do you get scale? You, you need, you need engagement and you need scale. And what I mean by scale is that if, if you have this great engaging content, but you're only reaching 5% of your customer base, well, you, you can't do an effective job of building a business that way. You have to reach a much higher percentage of your audience base. So you have to figure out a way to either drive more users back to this engaging, uh, you know, space or figure out a way to have a mix of, of different content sites that, that in their aggregate offer the highest possible engagement. You know, we're seeing marketers who, who will create their own microsites and then drive audience to those microsites and use the microsites to engage with the brand. Um, But but no, that's a a great topic in and of itself, the whole topic of, of, of engagement with audiences.
0: Well, and on that topic of engagement, one of the issues in the last, I don't know, maybe six months, so starting in late 2012, is that the amount of traffic to traditional websites seems to be decreasing steeply because people are spending so much more of their time on social media websites Mm -hmm. like LinkedIn, like Twitter. Are you seeing evidence of this?
1: Absolutely. I mean, this speaks to my point uh, previously about uh, fragmentation. This is a huge challenge for marketers is that it's twofold. The, The audience is fragmented. So as we talked about earlier, there's there's this 30 million Hispanics um, who have diversity around, uh, you know, culture and generation, identity, regionality and socioeconomic and ethnicity. And then then you have media consumption that's fragmented. You've got thousands of, of websites and social media and blogs and content in different languages. You know, how do you make this all relevant? And, and actionable. And in the social media space, um, to your specific question, one fascinating trend here, yes, Twitter and Facebook are important, but those are those are perhaps a little easier to, to get your arms around and market to because, you know, we're doing a lot of work in social media and you, you can, you know, run run good campaigns around that. But in the blog space, that's where it's becoming uh you know ever more confusing because you have thousands and thousands of bloggers who are who are becoming popular content providers and increasingly um you know a good percentage of of people's searches are for blog sites you know my wife you know if you, if you just look at her i mean she's spending a lot of time you know viewing um, you know, fashion blogs and makeup blogs and individuals who've, who've built huge millions of followers on how to put makeup on in the morning or how to dress for success. You know, so if you find those people, wow, that's important content um, because, you know, they've got millions of followers. And if you can associate your brand as a sponsor with with someone like that, you know, you you can have a huge engagement because the amount of time that a user is spending on a makeup site is much much more than they're spending perhaps on a, on a weather or a news site. So yeah, you know, it, it's changed and it's changing rapidly.
0: What about the ad side? Historically, of course, the big gorilla has been Google, and then there have been a number of players that have tried to compete on that space and some with greater success than others. The quality of the ad content has varied significantly. Mm -hmm. The social media folks have been trying to get in on that game. What can you tell us about these ads, both regular ads and video ads, because those are now playing a a prominent role, right?
1: Yes, yes. Well, specifically to the... The digital space, um, the, the big change I've seen in the last six months to a year is the importance of, of video followed by mobile. Well, let's speak about video. You know, traditionally in, in multicultural marketing and, and still today, TV is king. You know, TV at the from a marketing vernacular is the is the best medium for reaching at the top of the funnel, you know, raising awareness and building brand. Uh, affinity, but in, in, as we see more and more Hispanics going online and consuming content online, marketers are realizing that they need to take those TV spots and move them over to a video screen. You know, it's not brain surgery; it's just about taking uh, your message and getting it on the right screen. And the, the the screen or the the platform that's increasingly becoming popular are these. Uh, smartphones and tablets and, and PCs. So video is, is becoming increasingly important. And it, 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 like TV, its TV counterpart, is the engagement vehicle and the, the top of the funnel. Um, mobile is, is the next thing that, that we're seeing is, is important because, again, um, this handheld device is becoming the, the device of choice. For consuming content and, and staying in touch with friends and, and family through social media. So, how marketers take those ads and make them, you know, relevant and user-friendly and uh, engaging uh, to the user is the challenge. But you know, marketers are doing, doing a good job. And, uh, and then, thirdly, social media is is the vehicle that we're seeing. But we're just, we're not seeing as many dollars being sent on spent on social media yet compared to mobile and video.
0: Where do you think this is going, John? You guys have been working on some innovations lately. You've uh, recently announced a new partnership. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. We, we call it uh, How To. It's with Ola, Ola Martin, uh, the, the, the content, uh, video content company.
0: And why have you done that? Why did you find that a partnership was an effective way for you to accomplish your goals?
1: Well, it's specifically uh, tied to these trends that we're talking about. Um, You know, the the importance of of digital, you know, to the Hispanic space, number one. Um, The importance of of content and content specifically tied to a a personality or a, a, a sort of a blogger. Environment that's engaging, and then the importance of the ability to to target, segment the Hispanic audience, and deliver messaging, um, both at scale and relevantly. Um, so you know we we at Pulpo are in the business of of sort of doing the you know the the, the marketing at scale using technology, and Ola Martin has uh, been in the business of producing very popular content. Um, particularly to Latinas, um, that relates to lifestyle and fashion and, and health and beauty. So we, we feel that the, the marriage of these two partners uh, will be a very unique offering in the marketplace.
0: Is this for the U.S. Hispanic market specifically, or is this on a, a broader scale in Latin America and Spain? Because those are also areas that you uh, cover in your company, right?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, initially, uh, yes, it's a U.S. offering um, for primarily national brands that want to reach and engage with their consumers. Um, but Martin uh, Lawrence, who, who is the principal and the, the entertainer and the celebrity behind Ola Martin, uh, really started and has most of his foundation and following in Mexico. Um, so we could see this having uh, a huge opportunity in Mexico as well. And, and we at Popo Media have you know a very large reach in Mexico and in, and in Latin America. You're right. Um, you know We started our company in the United States, but we have a large presence throughout Latin America and Central America and Spain.
0: Do you feel that his strength in the Spanish language market segment in the U.S. is likely to translate into the... English language online segment
1: Absolutely um you know increasingly uh you know his, his followers are the the younger um you know more tech savvy audiences who to your point earlier are preferring to consume content in English so you know we could see placing these videos more and more on on English channels or driving audience to to English you know, content channels and, and getting more engagement in that language. Absolutely.
0: What can you tell us about the research that you engage in in order to make your ad decisions?
1: Well, our research is, is based on uh, about, about five years of, you know, our, our being in existence. Uh, you know, we build a technology platform, That brings in data, you know, literally terabytes of data on a monthly basis. So for us, it's uh, very much based on understanding the Hispanic audience and consumer based on data, based on our own proprietary data, third party data, um, data from all the different targeting parameters that we highlighted earlier, you know, different regions, uh, language, ethnicity, acculturation, um, behavior, um, you take into all the account, all these data points and you can start, um, bucketing Hispanic audiences into different segments or, or we call them, uh, you know, audience segments and then understand, um, more about that audience and then be more informed on which type of media and, uh, what type of media mm. to target. To those audiences. So, so, for us, data is king. You know, you hear the term "big data" bounced around a lot in the industry. Um, there, there are a lot of data choices and a lot of data sources, and uh, we're sort of data agnostic. The important thing for us is that we we allow lots of data to inform marketing decisions on how to best reach and engage with a Hispanic audience.
0: How do you track? the success of your campaigns?
1: Yeah, for us, it's uh, it's very similar, you know, to, to what, you know, marketers and, and third-party providers are doing. You know, obviously, you know, the KPIs or the traditional marketing metrics are at the core. So so we, too, track things like click-through rate and conversions and redemptions and all, all those things. But... We realize that, that those only get you so far. You, you also have to understand more about the audience, and uh, we're tracking things such as browser behavior and uh, acculturation and page consumption based on language and ethnicity, um, things like uh, optimal frequency and site level visitation so that we can understand more about the audience's preference and content. So we're, we're trying to take it to a much deeper level as it relates to the Hispanic consumer.
0: What suggestions would you share with our listeners, John, who are striving to gain a better understanding to communicate better with the Hispanic market online? What, say, three tips would you share with them that they can take back? To their business, to their practice, to help them improve their efforts or maybe even start their efforts?
1: Great question. I'd first say, um, you know, number one, understand your Hispanic customer or Hispanic audience. And there's some tips, you know, on, on how to do that. Um, you know, I think uh, use data, use research. Um, Use a a multitude of of media and and technologies and partners to to better understand your your customer. I think number two would be, uh, you know, test, you know, be, uh, you know, be inventive, you know, go out and try new things. You know, try uh, if you've only been running, uh, you know, ads in Spanish to your Hispanic consumer, well, we'll try an ad in English and, and maybe test. Uh, do an A-B test to compare the lift or the reach or the engagement or the performance between those, those two. And then finally, you know, you know, be, be very, very careful um, not to treat the Hispanic audience um, in the same way that you treat your general market consumer. Don't, don't take a one size fits all approach. There are a lot of differences as we we've noted throughout this talk about the Hispanic Market, um, you know, all those differences, um, if you understand them and you, you take a sophisticated approach towards this market, then you're going to see better results, you know, as an advertiser and as a marketer. I, I would add, uh, if I may, one other uh, tip is, um, and, and this sort of falls into the social space is, you know, help your, your audience and your, your customer, um, be your marketer or be your advocate. So, so give them tools to spread the word. Uh, you know, social media has enabled marketers these days to empower their customers and their users with tools to then spread, you know, the gospel, so to speak about the brand. So, you know, build your, your fan base, you know, use Twitter, use blogs, use all these, uh, these, these technologies to arm your consumer with information about the brand so that they can spread news amongst their friends and families. And I say that that's one of the biggest things that's changed over the last five years is the the ability of marketers to use social media to echo word about their brands.
0: For those listeners who would like to learn more about the market, what resources where can get, where can they get more information? Is there somewhere where they might be able to reach you or perhaps a page on your website where there might be more information? What might you share with us?
1: Yeah, great question. I, I think first and foremost, uh, depending on where they're located, I, I'd first reach out locally to their, their local, you know, chapters of business organizations, you know, many of the major markets have, you know, online marketing associations, and Hispanic marketing associations. So I'd reach out locally. Um, You know, I'd network, you know, using social media, things like LinkedIn, you know, to stay in touch with, uh, you know, their colleagues in the space or thought leaders in the space. On a more national basis, we, we find resources like the Pew Hispanic Center in Washington to be, you know, invaluable resource on Hispanic trends and growth. Um, there, there's also, you know, a great, great amount of information um, that comes out of conferences uh, like the Hispanicized conference I just attended or Portada you know, it was a great organization that we're involved with the ANA, uh, you know, more and more of the, the traditional um, advertising associations and organizations are, are starting to develop um, Hispanic content and Hispanic marketing programs. So get involved on a local basis. Um, network. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's all about, you know, networking. And being active. As far as, uh, you know, getting in touch with us, I mean, that's easy. Um, you know, you can, you can go to our website, uh, pulpomedia.com or you can, uh, you know, reach out to me, you know, directly. Um, and I'd, I'd be happy to help, but, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of resources out there. You know, we're just, we're just a small company and a small player, but there, there are a lot of great resources out there in this space.
0: Pulpo Media is p-u-l-p-o-media.com. Yes. Thank you, John, for joining us early in the morning from Newport Beach, California. Thank you. And to our audience, thank you for listening to John Tevis, who is Vice President of U.S. Sales for Pulpo Media, who discussed communicating effectively with Hispanics online.